Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park the video just because that all the big dogs are doing the video and mm-hmm. i thought it was a uh i guess the best practice that you almost have to do the video in order to be somewhat successful i guess yeah. i yeah. don't know i don't know how much thought goes into the best practices and procedures for podcasting but yeah i was just thought it'd be a good idea whatever why not <laughs> Right. No, I think the video with podcasting, there are a lot of people that actually want to start connecting more with the person that they're listening to. They want to actually see them and see the facial expressions and not just hear the inflections of the voice. So I know a lot of people prefer to watch the video while other people are like, I can't watch the video because I'm listening while I'm running or I'm driving in the car. So there's, there's two schools of thought. Um, and so personally with mine, with my podcast, I end up just putting it on both because it makes it easier for people to connect whichever, which way they want to. So we're both in the same boat there. That's a good thought though. Cause I was always the person, like I love the video versions to watch. Cause I was kind of saying like, you know, if they were drinking on their podcast or doing some random stuff, like what are they doing? Like I want to see. And, but also, you know, with my line of work, I'm roughly at a computer most of my day. So it was yeah. convenient just to have on my second monitor and just enjoy it that way. But I do get the other side of it because I had people tell me the same thing. It's like, oh, it's, I can just download the audio version. I thought I had to go to YouTube. <clears throat> but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, but all right, let's get into you though. Let's get screw. <laughs> so uh, you're about you're you're all about owning people's shit or owning your own shit, right? Is that kind of how you- yeah? I don't want to own anybody else's shit. I just want like I'm owning mine and I and I, I encourage and teach other people how to own their own because we all have it. We've all got these experiences in our background that feed into who we are and how we react to different people in different situations. They feed into our emotions and our fears and just this moment right here, right now. And if we can understand what's going on behind that, you're literally owning the shit that happened. And that doesn't mean that you say, yeah, that's mine. I want to hold on to it and keep it forever. It does mean you recognize it's there, which means that then you can heal the issues that happened back then 
And now you're not reacting so much now because you recognize, oh, I was upset and angry yesterday because I have this fear of abandonment that stems from when I was a little kid and my parents got a divorce and I didn't know what to do. And they were really angry with each other and we were kind of pulled back and forth. And now that I understand that, I can move forward in this issue right here, right now. So owning your shit is really just about recognizing that we're all challenged on different ways. Yeah. You know, yeah, we all grow up in, <laughs> yeah, we all grow up in different meanings of life environments and we all have different paths. And, and are you kind of referring to that where, you know, like you said, if you know, the parents, you had a bad relationship with your parents or there was trauma there or whatever that you kind of output that conflict on other people and make it like it was their fault rather than owning that. Like, Hey, this is a reason. Is that kind of what you're saying? Cause it's so easy to do that. Like blame everybody mm -hmm. else's everybody else for your problems rather than just take ownership. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to say, well, you treated me this way. Okay. Yes. And you reacted a certain way. Why did you react a certain way? Like when two people are arguing, whether it be a couple or a boss or just friends, whatnot, and you're butting heads, it's really actually not whatever is going on in this moment, there is something else in your past that has triggered a fear or a discomfort or a frustrating emotion or a memory that feeds into this. And that's when you start making comments and statements that you really shouldn't be making or saying because so much more is feeding into it. It's not necessarily this moment that's upsetting you, it's triggered something from your past. I think we all have those patterns. I believe that we all have those patterns, but recognizing them shifts them. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. Just because I've seen it a lot and, you know, I've talked about it with other people on here that, you know, when you have these issues or these outbursts and, you know, it's just the other person's really just thinking that, you know, what's going on really, at, what's going on really matter? Are you really mad at me or are you mad at something else? You know, let's talk about it. You know, what's, most people don't want to when they start to think about, oh, yeah, you might be right. I was actually just mad at, you know, the person who bender bendered my car last night or whatever. And I'm taking it right? out of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's, you know, Jocko Willick. I don't know if you knew who that is or know who that is, but he's a, he's a Navy SEAL and he's out now. And he's got his own podcast. He's got a couple of books out, but he actually talks about something very similar to what we're saying. And his book is called Taking Ownership. And it's basically, yeah, if you, Make mm -hmm. a mistake at work. If you uh, have a faulty relationship with your partner, if you do, but there's a reason behind it and it's, you should do take responsibility for it and own it. Say, yeah, you know, I, I fucked up, but I understand yeah. what happened and I'm going to try to change it the best I can rather than just blame everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's in the here and now. And if you do a little drilling back to understand the why behind the what, it makes it so much better and easier instead of constantly tripping over the same thing. When we made these patterns, when we had these experiences when we were a little kid that were so upsetting and frustrating, I don't think that the people involved in that experience back then, if we take the little child and the abandonment and stuff, the parents didn't intend for the child to feel that way. There was no... There, there was no vicious intention saying, I want my child to hurt. I want my child to have pain or I want to use my kid as a yo-yo. There's no intention. There's, there's nothing behind that from the parents. It's just two people who are very broken and struggling and trying to do the best that they can. And yet 
struggling in that. So when you go back and you recognize the why behind the what, and you recognize that as a kid, you reacted this way and your parents were that way, you can give your parents compassion and say, you know what, mom and dad were in a really bad spot and that really sucked. And now how can I give my little me compassion, which means that now as an adult me, I'm not reacting. And so you are owning it and you do have this radical self-ownership saying, hey, dude, I was an asshole. There's, Sorry about that. There's this weird thing that it's almost that. No, okay. I'm trying to get my thoughts together here on this one. That I think generally, <laughs> I think generally most people want to be kind to one another, right? That mm-hmm. because you know, if we didn't have that, there'd be anarchy. People wouldn't be able to drive down the roads freely. People would just be wanting to mess each other up, and I don't know. At work, be pouring coffee on people's heads all day long. But but there's this weird. I don't know if you want to call it a sickness or. What do you ever want to call it? But it's almost that, you know, if a parent has those vicious intentions toward their child or whatever, it was sometimes it seems to come back to that. Oh, when they were being brought up, you know, it was inflicted on them and they feel like they have to do it to their children. And which I don't know if that's just somehow it gets submerged into their brain somehow at that smaller childhood development level, or it's just, I don't know. I don't want to say it's genetically there, but yeah, I mean, it's, a, but it's a weird sickness that most people feel like just because person A did it to them, then they have to do it to person B or C, whatever the next line is. Right. Is that kind the, of, like- yeah. The crazy thing is that there is a slight genetic component to some of that. I'm going to tell you a crazy story. Okay. Hit me. Hit me. I used to have massive dizzy spells at the top of a staircase every time I came to the top of a staircase and I would have to grab onto a railing and focus myself before I descended down the stairs or I would put the ha- my hand on the shoulder of whoever was in front of me so that I could be steady as I went down the stairs. And I didn't understand why. I didn't understand what was going on, but I knew that for some reason, I was like, yeah. So I just, like, I just kind of threw it by the side and dismissed it and said, hey, it doesn't matter. This is just me. I'm going to accept it. It's just me. Years later, I was transposing my grandmother's journals. And I found out that she had fallen down the stairs when she was pregnant. She had a dizzy spell and she fell down the stairs when she was pregnant. So in my line of work, I do a lot of guided meditations and I do a lot of um, soul retrievals and inner child work. So I sat down and I went into a meditation and I checked in with my spirit guides and I checked in with my grandma and I said, hey, grandma is this really me or is this all you? And she was like, no, that was me. And I was able to release it. I haven't had a dizzy spell at the top of stairs ever since. Wow. Because you actually brought it up and got it out. Because I brought it up. I addressed it. And I said, this is not me. And I remove that. Like I take it out and I healed it. I haven't had that issue ever since. There are genetic aspects that come through our DNA. She was treated a certain way my grandma had was raised and she had this deep fear of being inadequate my mom is the same way she was raised in a household where my grandmother felt that way and she passed it on to her daughter who passed it on to me and then I pass it on unless I stop and say "Uh uh-uh no more I'm going to break that chain I'm going to heal myself and then help heal future generations And that's not necessarily genetics. However, that comes into the nature versus nurture argument that so many people have saying, which one is it really? Mm. 
I guess oh, that's a good point, though. I guess I mean you could really argue both points that way, and I don't know if I'm have the brain power to do that, but <laughs> but no, I mean, but I do agree with you. Is there's there's a lot of things that are passed down genetically, and that you know I've seen stuff you know with my mom, and like you know how she reacts to something or what she does, and I catch myself doing it. It's like, oh wait, is that where yeah. I'm set up at? You know, and even the same way with my father, and just you know maybe the way he's spoken about something and. You know, never, and it was something that we've never really talked about before. And it's like, you know, I've kind of thought along that line. And how did, was that just in my brain? Was that part of a genetic memory, a genetic inheritance? And it's, uh, oh, did you go out? Oh, you're back. Okay. No, I'm, I'm here. Okay. I thought you heard something. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, she's gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, but if you go nature versus nurture, I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's hard for me to put my thoughts together right now. You, you caught me in a, in a tailspin. <laughs> but those, like I said, I don't want to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can argue it both ways. I, I, I yeah. don't. I don't know what. I don't know what more people would say though. I was trying to think if more people would try to say, "Oh, it's definitely nature." Oh, it's definitely nurture. I don't. I don't know. There are people on both sides of the fence, and it's a huge. It's an argument that people often have. Even science is like, "Is it nature? Is it nurture?" And there's not a real definitive answer. And yet, it the 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 evidence that is overwhelmingly in our faces is the fact that this comes down. It is taught whether by nature or nurture generation to generation to generation. And at some point somebody says, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't want to live it. And I'm going to change it. I'm going to shift it. And however they shift it, is neither positive nor negative. It's just how they decided to shift it. You know, it's the parent that says, well, my kid, my parents never disciplined me. And I thought that, you know, I was a rambunctious child. So I went ahead and spanked my kids every now and then, and they were more in line, not positive or bad, negative thing. That is what worked for them, or that is how they chose to change this one specific behavior that they had learned and vice versa. Um, meaning like if you were raised in an abusive household, do you pass that on or do you say, no, I'm going to go the other way. And you are so passive with the kids that they don't necessarily have that. Respect. Or... Like, yeah. Like the structure There you go. and you know, there's this balance that has to be in there. And yet we don't necessarily pay attention. We don't necessarily get that when we're just saying, I don't like that behavior and I want to change it. So I'm just going to try to figure out how to make it better. That's why there's so many parenting books out there. But when we get older, we're our age and we're saying, wait, I'm recognizing some attitudes and beliefs and behaviors in myself that obviously came from society and my parents and whatnot as I was growing up that I really want to shift now. So there's not really, I mean, there's so many health self-help books out there that say, well, this is how you do it. And this is how you do it. And this is how you do it. Um, so it's really finding what works for us and what works for each individual person. Cause what works for me, isn't necessarily going to work for you. Right. For sure. For sure. Is that part of just becoming, try to becoming more self-aware of yourself and your own say like, you know, say a bad situation happens and you act out of emotions or mm -hmm. out of just whatever first come first thing comes to your head. And then you sit back and think about it and like, okay, was that the best way to handle that situation? Was there something I could have done different? That would have been a lot better instead of handling out of instinct. And then that way, I mean, this is kind of how I learn and try to look at life now is that I try to think before I react. Does it always happen? No, but I try to. And then that way, but if, if I do get caught in that case that I can go back and sit down and be like, okay, 
you know, let me write down some things, you know, maybe do a little research. How do other people handle situations? You know, what could have went wrong? What could have went right? I mean, is that just, I guess that's my question. Just most people not really that self-aware of themselves or what? I don't, well, we're not really taught to be self-aware. True. Generally speaking, we're not taught to question our thoughts or question our beliefs. We're taught to conform. We're taught to keep doing whatever we've been taught and conform to society and the beliefs that are there. So um, generally speaking, I don't think that we are conscious of that possibility. And it's not until a, some kind of dramatic thing happens oh. that causes us to say, oh, wait a minute, this is not where I want to be. Oftentimes we're hitting rock bottom. I look at it like a Ferris wheel, you know? <laughs> And so we're often on this Ferris wheel and we're going up and down and we're going around and you get down to the bottom and the question is, gosh, this sucks. Do you want to go another round or you're ready to get off of this ride? Oh, I'm going to go another round. So you go another round and eventually you get down to the bottom. Am I done with this now? No, I'm going to go another round. So you keep going around until you get to that bottom again and you say, no, I'm finally done. And you might get off and discover that being off of the roller coaster, off of the Ferris wheel is not as easy as you thought it would be. And so you might get back on for a couple more rounds, but eventually the way that you become more self-aware and find that radical self-ownership is getting off and finding the tools and the support to help you stay off. You know, that was a great point that it's almost having a certain moment where you finally decide to sit back and reflect and think like, damn, what the fuck did I just do? You know, and it's, and it's always probably the most, if every story or almost every story that I usually hear, and I'm generally speaking that you hear of these instances and these experiences, and these stories where something, the most worst thing that could have happened, happened. And, yeah. and it's finally that somebody makes a change and, and usually for the most part, I think it's not too late. And it's just, you know, do I want the, and I'm advocating for these type of experiences to happen. I don't wish any negativity on anybody, but to a sense, you almost need that to happen. I feel like, and actually to learn and start to change. Right. And, uh, yeah. and like, Hey, okay. Like, okay. Now I was going down a wrong road or I, I was not really liking who I was. I was on autopilot or, you know, I was just mm -hmm. doing things this very stupidly because I'm a dumbass. And, but yeah, you need these type of experiences in life to humble yourself and be vulnerable and then come out on the other end, a different person. Right. And just yeah. be more self-aware and learn that when this situation is starting to accrue and you're going in this weird negative spiral and it's like, Oh, wait, wait, we got to put the brakes on this, bro. We can't do this. You know, we're going to have the bad shit that happened last time. Let's make a change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have to be uncomfortable or you're not going to change. Most people don't say, oh, this is so great. Now let's make it different. You know, <laughs> most of us don't. Most of us aren't like, oh, taking a nap on the couch is so fantastic. Let's go to the gym. <laughs> um, it's usually, I really want to enjoy this comfort because how often do we have that comfort and that relaxation? You know, you really want to sink into that. So if you're not uncomfortable, mm. there's no reason to shift or seek a different way of being. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. That's one thing I say, I'm one of these CrossFit bros, right? And I call, I coach a couple of classes on the side. And so 
you know, when I'm teaching a movement or a new barbell lift or whatever to somebody and like, oh, this feels weird. And I was like, well, if it feels weird, you're probably doing it right. You know, and not, not, <laughs> not yeah, well, not in a bad way, like not you're hurting yourself or anyway, but there's like, this just feels, you know, not like I'm used to or this and I was like, okay, now we're starting to do something right here, you know, because yeah. it, it feels easy. If it feels like, oh, you can do it, anybody can do it. Then it's like, mm, no, we got to change up something. And like now if it's a different aspect, you know, you're feeling something new, you're feeling it something different, a different muscle. Now we're. Now we're dialed yeah. in, bro. You're and in the sweet spot. There you go. The sweet spot. So, yeah, I mean, you got to do things that are not in the boundaries and are not in, on the highway and get off on the other road. And get it. Yeah. Try, try to find that sweet spot if you ain't liking it, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Find a new sweet spot. You know, uh -huh. I wanna, I you wanna, got a weak muscle. Oh, yeah. You got a weak muscle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's, what's strength in that bad boy? But I wanted to ask you, because you said something about it earlier, and it just hit me again, that you said you do soul retrieving? Yeah. What is that? I don't know what that it's, is. When we experience very difficult and traumatic moments in life, and when I say the word traumatic, traumatic is not necessarily a trauma trauma. Um, what I want to say is a very traumatic thing for you because trauma is different for every human being and what is traumatic for me is maybe not as traumatic for you you might be able to weather something better than I and vice versa so when we experience very difficult and traumatic things in life regardless of our age um, it's almost like this piece of us kind of splits off just a little bit and protects us a little from the depth of the pain and the experience that that moment holds. Okay. So as we go through life, there's always this little, there are these tiny little fractures that happen, right? And we need to figure out how to go back and make ourselves whole, make ourselves more complete. So going back to that moment and honoring the little kid and honoring the parents that were so, so struggling in their own moment and their challenges and the relationship that was already there, honoring everyone and then bringing that little child back to you, bringing that moment back and healing that moment is like healing another fracture. It's like those Chinese vases where you've seen the gold running through the cracks and it's even stronger because they've been doing this mending on the vase. It's kind of like that, where you're just bringing this piece of you home that split off just momentarily to protect you from some of the pain that was there. You still remember it, you still know it, and there's still pain there. But there's this little piece of you that you can go back to and heal and recover. I like that. That makes sense. What was, how did you find this? I mean, what was the motivation? Was this something you just kind of always had a philosophy on? Did somebody help you down this road to learn this? Or was there just a moment? When, <laughs> uh you know, that roller, that uh, Ferris wheel, yeah, that's your, I, I rode that Ferris wheel and eventually there was a moment and I had to get off, but um, there were a lot of things that led up to that moment. I had to recognize that the life that I was living was one that I had chosen into, that it was very unhealthy for me and my husband at the time and my two children and that there like something needed to shift and something needed to change. And I started hearing my spirit guides speak to me and at first I didn't know what they were I was just like 
my hearing voices. I must be nuts. This is scary. But they spoke such peace to my heart and my soul that it had to be true. And all it said was, you're not alone. We're here with you and it will be okay. And I was like, thank God, <laughs> because this is really shitty and this is really hard. So that was my jumping off point. From there, I started understanding how my choices had fed into the situation that I was in, in my life, where I was at, how I had constantly worn this mask. Everyone thought I was upbeat and positive and they very few people saw the pain and anguish that was going on behind that. That's when I started learning about crystals and Reiki and um, massage therapy and Eastern medicine and shamanic rituals. And all of these things were just kind of put in my path. I started saying, I want to learn. What do I need to learn? Tell me what I need to learn. Help me heal. Help me shift the stuff. And I just said, yes, and yes, and yes, and and from a young age, from a very, very young age, I remember very distinctly sitting on a bench at a Greyhound bus stop. And this woman sat next to me and to my young self, she looked like she was really like in her thirties or forties. She looked like an old quote unquote woman. And, uh, <laughs> And she just sat next to me and she started telling me all of her issues and all of her life story and how frustrated with her, with things she was. And as a very innocent young kid, I just looked at her and said, well, what about this? And she looked at me like, who are you? And where did you come up with that? And her whole, she was just like, you're right. I should change this and I could do this and I could do that from the advice that this young kid had given her. And all of my life, people have come to me. All of my life, people have shared their stories and their inner years. And oftentimes they go, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, but I am. So I started on that path. I started learning all of these things. And then people started coming to me and they would say, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to work with you. I feel like there's something that you can teach me. I feel like there's some way that you can help me. And so my life just kind of transformed once I started saying yes and what can I do? Where can I go? And who can I help? Would you say that during that one time in your life, you're almost suffering in silence? Absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, that resonates with me. And I don't want to say I was suffering by any means, but you know, I've always, I've always had some, you know, like thoughts that were just like, eh, well, you know, Am I doing good enough? Am I good enough? Am I, yeah, you know, am I, you know, doing what I want to do? Am I doing living the life I thought out I was living? You know, where am I going from here? And I don't know if maybe suffering's a bad word. Maybe I shouldn't say it. It's because other pe people who are actually suffering from other things, but it's, I don't know, but it's a weird, that's the only word I could come up with for that. But mm -hmm. yeah, if it's just, you're being your own worst enemy, so to speak, I guess. I don't think suffering is a bad word, especially when you put it under the umbrella of recognizing that suffering to you and suffering to me are two very different things. And nobody can minimize that and tell you that you were not suffering on a different level. That's a good point. Yeah, because it was like you said earlier, you know, if I had a trauma and you had a trauma, it might be completely different than what we both experienced. And it might be a trauma to me, but not to you. But yeah, just. 
I guess where I just started, my mind went to where, you know, suffering seems to be somebody, when I think about it, suffering from way more than just what I just said. Oh, yeah. And I was not trying to put myself against that person or with that person who might be. Yeah. And I I think that's what I was trying to draw the line between. But it's one of those things that, you know, it's like almost imposter syndrome. And I've talked about it, yeah, a lot of times on here. And that, and I found that more people, I always kind of thought I was the only one, especially when I got into big groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was probably the only one thinking the way I was or, you know, doubting myself or, you know, wondering why I was at this point, what I was doing, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, but it's really more common than I've originally known. And I was really yeah. surprised by that. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is a crazy, I mean, it's, it's very real and it's very, um, visceral. Like we literally feel it like that insecurity and that fear that am I actually good enough to teach what I'm teaching or do what I'm doing? Do I really have the credentials? Do I really have the knowledge? Am I? <laughs> yeah. I don't I? Yeah. Yeah. I think about it a lot, especially, you know, when I'm doing my CrossFit competitions or whatever that I immediately get up there and you know, it's, I'm in the mixture of it all. And like, I, it all comes to me right then. And I don't know what it is. Like immediately I just, it's like the first instinct that my brain wants to do. Right. It's just like yeah. that was stuff like, Oh, you're not good enough to do this. Why are you here? You can't compete against these people or whatever. But for some reason, like it's one of those things, like, you know, we're talking about being on the Ferris wheel that, mm-hmm. you know, they give us a 10 second clock, like right when a workout's about to start or whatever. And then like, right when I, they say they yell out 10 seconds or whatever, it's like, Bro, put that stop sign up, get off the bro. It's like, here we go. I mean, you don't have no choice then, right? You'd either shut up yeah. or get off the floor, right? You're put up. <laughs> yeah, but that's, and it's one of those things trying to be more self aware and le- learning like how to get around that and get off the Ferris wheel. And yeah. but you got to figure out your own way. And I finally figured out that was what my thing is. You know, some people might like go to sit in the back and just, you know, jam out to some music, get their head right. But and I do that too. But yeah, that's my thing. It's like 10 seconds. Here we go, bro. You know what you're going to yeah. do. You know how you're going to be. And I, and, and I, sometimes I feel like I make things easier than what they are when I start talking and stuff on here. But it's just one of those things that, you know, I try to say like, I want people to find their, their way or their, how they got to get around their conflict mm-hmm. or whatever they're battling. Is that, is that kind of yeah. sense what I'm saying? Oh Yeah. Absolutely. I think part of a tip for that is actually paying attention to whose voice you're listening to. We're sitting there and you and I are like, who am I to be in this position? Who am I to be leading people? Who am I to be doing ABCXYZ? And the fact of the matter is, whose voice is telling you that you're not good enough? Is it really honestly your own voice or is it the voice of society and others who have tried to train you and program you to believe that you need to be here so that other people can be better? There's no way that you can be up there, which is absolute bullshit. True. It is a way to keep us all in line. But if we don't step out of line, then how does anything get better? Like if we're all just standing there that's awful boring. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, you know, there's people who get there, who get off on stomping on other people's dreams and raining on the parade. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, why do you have to be like that? But yeah, I mean, and my point is, is that it does seem like more times than not that when I'm talking to 
other people or, you know, you see people who have made it big in life in whatever field or industry, whatever they're doing, they weren't one of those people who, you know, thought outside the box and thought about, you know, get off the train whenever they wanted to, rather than just when everybody else was getting off, you know, for example, yeah. another guy I had on here just recently was talking about how, you know, with his life, he saw it differently and he decided not to go to his junior or senior prom or whatever it was. And that, you know, he almost got wrecked for it. But like, what are you doing? You're not going to prom, bro. And he's like, no. And he had the opportunity to go backpack in like Central America or something along those lines. And he was like, that's going to mean more to my life, you know, me backpacking rather than just, you know, going to prom, a junior, senior, where it's, which, I mean, you like, again, it's one of those things you can argue both. I mean, that's a good memory too. But, you know, yeah, I had good memories from prom, but I don't talk to the, the women I went with prom now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, but I was just yeah. like, but when you think about it, it's like, oh, backpacking in Central America, that kind of been fun, you know, and that's yeah. you have a lifetime with you, right? Uh huh. Yeah, that was a lifetime point, experience, right? Yeah, I kind of lost my point in that little rant, but I just wanted to get that out there, though. But yeah, no, but that was him listening to his own voice and tuning yeah. into his inner self and. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. saying, no, 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 I'm doing this for me. You guys may want me to come there for you because that is what you believe is absolutely the end all be all of being in high school. For me, it's a little bit different. So I'm going to follow my path and you can follow yours. And it's not always easy. You're going to have haters and trolls and all sorts of people that want to tear you down because as long as you're climbing up, there are going to be those people who they don't want to admit it because it's their own shit, but it actually confronts them because you're climbing and they could be too, but they've decided they want to stay in whatever comfort zone they've found. Mm -hmm. So they would rather you come back and be in the comfort zone than show them, Hey, I can grow and I can do something amazing. So let's, you know, let's be more, let's vibe up. Let's be a little more excited about life and experiences that we can have. You know, that reminds me the first time, and I think this is probably five ish years ago that uh, somebody was talking to me and they were asking me what I wanted to do or something like get a side gig, so to speak, or part time. And I'm not saying this is a part time job or a side gig or anything, but, you know, I actually told them, like, I think I want to start a podcast. And that because mm-hmm. I was listening to podcasts back then, like all the time, you know, I finally just, I don't know what it was that took me to podcasts. I think I just, I listened to somebody who was famous on one. I was like, man, that was so cool listening to those two people talk. And, I felt like they were right there with me in my ears and like learning their life and learning their challenges they overcame and just learning that, you know, not everybody lives on that same, that same road that people get off and do something. So when I told that person, I want, I think I want to start a podcast. They're like, why? 
Like, what are you going to talk about? You know, like that's stupid. You know, and I was like, oh, and I and I let that sink into me. And oh. yeah, and I was like, and I just and I was yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I knew what I was. I was just like, man, well, maybe he is right. Maybe it's going to suck. Maybe what am I going to talk about? But it was not until you know the pandemic, and I'm, this is, I guess, this is kind of a pro for it. But for me, anyway, that I finally decided to like, let's do something. You know, let's take a chance. You know, let's. You know, go take a chance, have a podcast, you know, kiss the girl, see what happens, you know, make a move on it, you know, ask her to dance, maybe not kiss her, ask her to dance. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like, okay, finally, I'm kind of feel like I was doing something that I always wanted to do. And it was my chance, you know, it was like that defining yeah. moment that I, yeah, I want to say for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You could say, absolutely. I did it. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, suck it. But then, but then, you know, and that was my thing that, you know, and I knew if it was going to, there's going to be shit, it's going to be trash, whatever, in the first few episodes. And, but that was one of the things that's like almost how a lot of people start out. You know, they take a chance on something and they suck at it, but they stick with it. And, you know, a lot of success seems to be just keep showing up, you know, and, yeah. and, and hopefully magic happens somewhere down the road and you get better at it and you just stay on the ground and, Boom! Now you're sitting here talking with Crystal and learning <laughs> new things, and you know it's like it's one of the cool things because you know without this and without technology, obviously, I mean you're on the other side of the country than me, but we can sit down and have this cool conversation and and do this thing yeah. and have a good time and party and talk about life. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. Is just connecting with other people and learning about their life and learning about the experiences that they've they've been through and what brought them to this point? Like what moments of transformation have you had in your life? Where did you shift and take a complete left turn sure. because something wasn't working? And it's so fantastic to connect with people that way and recognize that we're all so different and yet we're all so similar. We're just humans. We are humans with beating hearts and breathing lungs and beautiful souls that are just trying to make it through. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, and I don't want to take this down a negative road or anything, but it's one of those things that, you know, when we first came on, you know, besides email, I didn't know how this conversation was going to go. I didn't know mm -hmm. what type of person I was going to be expecting here on this. And, and, you know, I usually when I do these, I expect to either have some pushback on a certain topic or some kind of something like that. It's like, Ooh, I don't want this conversation to go down the or go south real quick you know and ultimately mm -hmm. when we leave here today i want both or both of us to say oh, that was good that was great but that's ultimately always in the back of my head that ooh, like what happens if i say the wrong thing or vice versa and then when, but it's like okay well if that does happen we can still sit down and have a cool conversation about it we don't have to get mad at each other we can just say all right that's cool you think that but why do you think that now you know, and you got to respect that, and that's fine if that's what you think. You know, if if somebody got on here and they're like arguing with me how two plus two equals five, I'm like, okay, well that if that's what you think, that's great. You know, I don't know what made that happen, but keep living your life, and I hope it works out to the best <laughs> of your ability, and it's as beautiful as you ever want it to be. You know, yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, you know, and I just yeah. don't know why most conversations or most conflicts have to get into this whole. You know, I you know everyone likes to be right. And we don't, but, you know, we could just sit down and talk about things, you know, and that's, it's kind of fun at the same time. And it's kind of engaging. And when you get out of that growth or you get into this new comfort or another or out of your comfort zone, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you learn new things, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, there are multiple truths to every experience. There's going to be my truth about how we had this conversation. There's going to be your truth about how this conversation went. And then there's going to be every single listener's belief and truth about how this conversation went because everyone's is going to be colored by their life experiences. And that's the beautiful thing about it because if we stop and recognize we are all unique and we are all humans, just we're all challenged and we are all beautiful and I can accept you and love you for whatever you believe and where you're at just as a human being. And I really hope and pray that you can do the same with me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's that easy, right? Yeah. Well, you would hope that it's that I easy. Like it's that easy. I just don't understand, but you know, but there are a lot of people that I say, own your shit. We all need to own our shit. And they are extremely offended by that because they think, well, yeah, everybody else does. But I don't. And as soon as you give me that, I don't, a little bit of a head shake and whatnot, I just. Yeah. I used to have somebody in my life used to always say that the truth hurts when it comes mm-hmm. out and that it's people who come to realizations that, ooh, maybe they are right about what they're saying to me and whatever. You know? And it's it like, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It gets you that little, oh, you got me. You know? And, <sighs> but it makes so much sense. You know, just, you know, I guess there's people who come out. And think, you know, everything's always gummy bears and raindrops and all that. But, you know, life has its hard times and it has its good times. And it's a matter of everyone's got problems. That's what I guess what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. That. It's yeah. about how you learn to handle these problems and make the best of it and learn from your mistakes. I mean, if you make a mistake, everybody does. We're humans. I mean, it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's all yeah. about just learning to fall and getting back up again. That old stupid saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. hopefully you come out on top of whatever you want to yeah. do. And give yourself a little compassion while you're going through it. And that compassion hopefully flows out to the people around you because you recognize that not only have you had issues, but they have too. And so it's okay to be nice to that person. They might be having a really shitty day. (laughs) You know, I want to go back a little bit. And just because when you said spirit guides, I wanted to ask you about spirit guides. And because I've had somebody else on here talk about them before. And I wanted to ask, you know, like, do you have them with you all the time? I mean, are they always talking to you? Is it only in certain moments? And it sparks my curiosity for sure. Just because, you know, I've had, you know, like I said, I've had one other person tell me about it. And well, you're the second one now. So, so what's up? Yeah. Mm. Spirit guides, every single one of us have multitudes of spirit guides around us supporting us, loving us, nurturing us, nudging us. It's those nudges. It's those impressions. Maybe I should drive somewhere else today. It's that intuitive moment of, I think I should do this. I think I should call so-and-so. And when you call them, it's, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to talk to you because I needed da 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 and blah, you know, whatever happens. It's those little nudges and impressions that are constantly going on in our lives. And those are often your spirit guides saying, hey, we just want to keep you on a good road for your highest path and best purpose. They're beautiful. They love you. They know your path. They know who you are and they only want the best for you. So when you learn how to tune into them and say, hey, I need a little help here. I lost my keys. They can literally help you find your keys. Today, I'm not even kidding you. I lost one of my AirPods. Uh Uh-oh. 
I opened my case and there was only one in there and I was going to listen to some podcasts and I was so frustrated because I only had one AirPod and I just, I sat in the vehicle and I said, please help me find my other AirPod when I get home because I need it. Not want it. I need it. And I had this picture by my bed and I was like, you're kidding me because anyway, I didn't believe it, but I went home and there on the floor next to my nightstand was my other AirPod. And I was like, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your help because I needed that, like literally needed that. You have guides over joy. So you suddenly just bubble and laugh because something tickles your funny bone. <laughs> and it is this guide that's saying, hey, check this out. Oh my gosh, that's funny. And so you have all sorts of different guides. You have all sorts of different spirits. You'd usually have one or two that are more of like the mouthpiece that you hear or see or feel more. You might feel them in your heart. You might actually hear them or close your eyes and see pictures like I did. Um, they all communicate with each one of us differently. We all feel and see and hear them, those nudges in a different way. And yet those nudges are little gifts and taps. What do you, do you think a lot of people don't believe in intuition? Or do you think it's like a fence thing, kind of what we were talking about nature versus nurture earlier? I think more people believe in intuition on some level than others. A lot of religious people will refer to it as like the still small voice or the Holy Spirit that will guide you and tell you where to go and whatnot. Right. Um, more and more, I think people are paying attention to it. And when you look at it and, and treat it as those nudges, and when you recognize it in a different way, instead of thinking that intuition is some kind of spiritual medium where you're trying to tell the future and whatnot, if you step back and you just recognize it as those hits and nudges, and then start paying attention throughout your day, what happens and how, you start recognizing that you are listening and more and more people are recognizing that those hits and nudges, wow, that's pretty cool. People are waking up to it. They're accepting it. They're acknowledging that there's something more to what they believed before. Yeah. You know, I've talked about it on here before. Well, have I talked about this one? Hopefully I haven't, but um we got back from a, uh, or I got back from a, it's kind of a bachelor party golf trip here at the beach with a bunch of my buddies, right? And so we had one of these, we had a deep conversation out there and we were talking about, you know, manifestation and we didn't talk about intuition, but it was one of those things my buddy actually talked about saying like, oh, I'm going to marry that girl. And he didn't even know her then, right? He just kind of knew of her and, and now they got married. Yeah. And, you know, we had this whole thing kind of where some, I think most people actually believe that believe in it and it was but it's one of those things that you actually have to work towards something too you just can't sit there and lay on your bed like yours or lay on the couch and take a nap and hope one day you're going to be in the best shape of your life or something without ever working toward it, it was one of those things right but you yeah. actually have to put some type of work into it and it seems like that was almost the exact thing same feeling i have is towards uh well maybe not towards intuition but it was just towards that saying that you know, you can call anything that, you know, some people would just say, oh, that was fate. Like you were saying, that's what I was trying to get at. Mm -hmm. you know, or that was just the Holy Spirit taking you there. And that was your fate to meet each other, which it could be. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. And maybe I am. But 
Is it, well, you know, that word was there for a reason and it could be something to it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You had to make those choices to make that happen. You had to make the choices to live in a certain place, to go to dinner in a certain place, to run into that person so that you could meet them. And if you hadn't made those choices in order to help it happen, I mean, we all have the paths, right? Nobody can say this is definitely your future because every choice you make is going to alter that path. I agree. Right? So fate, or is it that you chose these things and it created this reality that you are now living and experiencing? That's a good point. I like it. Yeah, I mean... It's one of those things, again, there would be other people on here, I'm sure, that are probably arguing with us right now. But, yeah, I mean, you made choices for a reason, uh, for a reason, and these things brought you together. I mean, same way for this podcast. I mean, we made certain choices in our life and our past crossed. And, again, yeah. I guess some people would call that fate. I don't know if you call it manifestation or it just all the stars aligned and everything went correct and, boom, something happened. I don't you know. You decided – you wanted to start a podcast a long time ago, even though people said yeah. you're crazy. And eventually you said, no, I'm going to do this. And a little over a year ago, somebody said, Crystal, you should, you should do a podcast. You should really do a podcast. And I was like, whatever, you're crazy. <laughs> no, Crystal, you should really do a podcast. No, I don't. I mean, maybe no crystal you should really do a podcast so i finally chose into doing a podcast if i had not chosen into that and i had continued saying no 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 we wouldn't be here today like true true yeah i agree i'm assuming i already know the answer to this but just for the listeners <laughs> i mean uh and kind of talking about intuition and manifestation uh -huh. but do you have a, a meditation routine that you follow oh honey <laughs> I mean, because I'm curious. I mean, I'm, I figured you did, but I just everyone's has their own practice okay. meditation, right? So I was just kind of wondering what yours was. I break all the rules. Ooh, rule breaker. Yeah, I break all the rules. A lot of people believe that meditation is all about posture and the place and the purpose and um, there's a specific whatnot behind it. And I encourage people to completely go against that and find what works for them. So to one person, meditation literally may be going for a run and paying attention to their breathing. It's not sitting in the lotus pose. That is not doing yoga and being in this other very quiet space. It is literally, I need to go for a run. Somebody else, a meditation might be the pottery wheel or sanding wood or chopping vegetables. Not everybody has the ability initially to sit still and say, okay, now bring me peace and enlightenment. So I tell people, do you have five minutes while you're sitting in line waiting to pick the kids up from school? Mm. Do you have two minutes that you can lock yourself in the bathroom in a dark room and just enjoy the fact that it's dark and quiet and nobody's bugging you? Do you need to go for a walk? Because a walking meditation helps you clear your brain better than trying to sit still do you need a guided meditation or some music do you need to sit by a river what do you actually need to help you find that peace and i'm not even saying that you have to find absolute peace and enlightenment realistically to me 
I preface it with that. To me, meditation is tuning out the world so that you can tune in to you. What am I feeling? Where am I at? What do I need? What do I need to shift or work on? Yeah. I'm really pissed off and frustrated. So let me sit down and maybe I'm going to journal as a meditation because that journaling is going to help me process through whatever emotion is up there. So when you ask me what I do for meditation, that really depends. It depends on the season. It depends on my personal rhythms and cycles. It depends on what's going on in my life and all the craziness or the calm that is there in the moment. My meditations can literally be grabbing a snippet of time just so that I can sit on the patio and enjoy the birds. I love it. Yeah. I think it's one of the false misconceptions that everyone has their own way of meditation. And I love it. Just when you said that I go for a run and concentrate on or a person might go for a run and concentrate on their breathing. Yeah. I mean, that's- there's absolutely, there's absolutely the spiritual meditation that where people are seeking that enlightenment and there is that purpose behind it. When I talk about meditation, there needs to be a purpose behind the activity that you're doing. There needs to be an intention. So when I'm sitting on the porch, it's literally, I'm sitting here to take some time for me. And that allows me to sit into the meditation a little bit more, whatever I'm doing, I'm going for a run because I need some self care and to tune into me and tune out to the world. So, um, there is a place for every type of meditation. There is a time and a place for the lotus pose. There is a time and a place for a quick two minute. I just need to breathe. It's a buffet. Some of us love tomatoes and some of us absolutely cannot stand them. Some of us want those little sunflower seeds on our salad and others are like, leave it alone. Um, it's a buffet. So take what you want, take what works for you right here, right now. And that may shift from, I get two minutes right now to, oh my gosh, I am literally doing transcendental meditation for 20 minutes a day now because I started with two minutes a couple months ago. You know, uh, and I'm guilty of this too, but you know, I've had people tell me that, Oh, I don't have five minutes. I don't have two minutes. And, you know, just for example, well, you know, some people when they're wait, it's, it's everywhere you go. If you're waiting in a line, you're waiting to do something, you, everyone breaks out their phone and they just scroll mindlessly through social media. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, what'd you do for those two minutes when you were waiting on something? And I'm not saying you had to meditate there, but you know, how long did you actually do that? throughout your day when you were scrolling through, see what new post was there when you could have went on and, you know, uh, met, you know, sat in, sat in silence in a dark room, like you said, for a few minutes, you know, and, and, and yeah. I'm not calling anybody out because I catch myself doing it randomly too. I yeah. mean, like, I, you know, I had somebody at the gym today, I was, <laughs> they were talking to me and like, for whatever reason, I pulled out my phone and they're like, oh, that's okay. And he called me out and I'm glad he did. He's like, Hey, that's okay. If you want to look at your phone right there and talk to me. And I was like, I'm a fucking asshole. You know, you are, I'm sorry, bro. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Hey, if it doesn't take an hour to meditate, don't take 10 hours. You can just do it for a couple of minutes. And, you know, I follow yeah. a couple of people who just say they do it for 10 or 15 minutes. They just get themselves back to neutral, reset the batteries and they get back out. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it in the morning before you get out of bed. You're starting to wake up and then just like lay there for a minute and stay there a little bit longer. Yeah. I'm going to feel into my body. I'm going to feel into this moment. Maybe I'm going to add like an intention behind my day and say, 
this is going to be fantastic. You know, you can do it right before you go to bed and then you're unhappy because you're going to sleep. And that doesn't take but a couple minutes. I was actually, I was actually scrolling social media. I was, I was working because I was doing social media and liking other people's and responding to people's comments and whatnot. But I came across this post and it was beautiful because it said, are you relaxing or are you dissociating? Mm. And it brought this thought to me of when you are scrolling, when you are doing social media, when you are playing games on your phone, when you are locked on that screen that's right there, when you're done, do you feel better for having spent that time there or do you feel worse? Because if you have not improved your state of being, by picking up that phone why are you picking up the phone yeah 100 percent, 100 yeah so i'm a gamer (laughs) nice you wouldn't know it i'm a bit of a game i love the i love like kikuro and sudoku and killer sudoku and i like the brain games that make you think and uh you wordle no i don't wordle i know that's a hot one but i don't really do it um that's my thing every morning (laughs) nice so i would i would do that i would play my little games first thing in the morning because you know you've got the daily of whatever and the gamers do a really good job the make creators do a really good job of making you want to go back to the game right you got to get the next achievement you got to complete every day but in the morning and throughout the day i would play some of the tournaments or whatever and i found that i was wasting a lot of time on my phone and then that little nudge came up are you relaxing or dissociating and then that consequently you know that additional thought of is this making am i leaving feeling better than when i sat down i don't play games during the day anymore oh really really and it took a little while i mean it took i say a little while it only took like a week because I would pick up my phone and I realized how much I pick up my phone to look at it and say, okay, well, I've got 10 minutes. I can play another game, but 10 minutes was never 10 minutes. It ended up being 20 to 30. Right. I don't know how it goes. So, so now I don't, I don't play my games at all during the day. My phone is there for first thing in the morning because I like a lazy morning to slowly wake my brain up and get going. So I play those. And then I get into my day and then my phone is for business and responding to family and friends texts and that kind of thing. Other than that, I've done a really good job of saying I don't need it because it's not enhancing my life. I'm not actually connecting with someone like I'm connecting with you right now. We actually get to have a deeper conversation about life and what's going on and where we're at and what what really brings us joy and what we're passionate about. I'm not, I mean, everything on that phone is superficial. Nobody knows what kind of week I had last week. That's a good point. Nobody knows the truth and the reality. None of those people are going to come running to my aid when I feel down and stressed and overwhelmed. So why am I putting so much time and energy and effort into that? for that dope the games are not going to look me. It's that you get, right? Ain't that the whole point? But no, uh. Yeah. I'm sure that was a huge bad habit or not even a bad habit, but a huge habit in general, just to break. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, for example, 
my mom had to go to an appointment about an hour away from where she lives, right? She forgot her phone. And she told me when she got back, like she freaked out. Cause she was like, even though it was an hour away, I still knew how to get there, but I still love my phone in case I need to pull up Google maps or if I need to call you or whatever. And I, you know, and I'm the same, like I feel naked without it. You know, I feel like I right. lost a missing, a missing appendage or appendage. Yeah. 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 But and it's, I applaud you for breaking that habit. I mean, cause it's, you know, it's, I, I, that's what I usually say that I'm going to turn off my phone or I'm going to do this and I never do it. Right. But I have gotten a habit, like for whatever reason, one day, one day a week, I will just completely turn it off and I'm going good. I'm up to 30 minutes now, roughly. And, I, and I'm doing pretty good. Cause I'll put it over here that I make myself go. I'm watching a movie or a TV show and I'm like, okay, cool. After this show, I'll turn it back on and see what happened. And I'm, and, and I finally got, I created that habit now and I'm loving it. Yeah. It's little steps. It's tiny little steps. It's recognizing. I still carry it with me. Don't get me wrong. Right. I still carry it with me. It's with me all the time. It's that mental. What if somebody needs me? Sure. You know, what if somebody wants to connect and I really want to connect with them? I, I got to answer that phone. So I still carry it with me. And there are plenty of times during the day that I, I unlock through to see if there's any texts or whatnot so that I have an excuse to look at my phone. I still do that. And yet I don't stop to play the games. I don't spend that time on there. When I get in there, I look around and then I'm like, oh yeah, I can't play games. I'm done. I got to move on. So I shut my phone, you know, I, I lock it back up and I move on to whatever the next project is. So um, there are ways that we can help improve that there are ways that we can kind of lessen our attachment to the phones and the electronics that are there and it makes it a lot easier like now I'm scheduling extra coffee dates with friends or hey let's just get together to hang out or can we go for a ride and just enjoy the mountains today so um it gives me more time for this yeah you know and and I don't want to completely act like I'm shitting on a phone or anything, but it's a tool, right? <laughs> and it's basically like if you give somebody a hammer, they can either build a house with it or break their knee with it, right? And that if you choose to, you know, set up things and work from it and, I don't know, do positive things with it, you could cause great things with it, right? You know, without technology, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. But, you know, if you choose to let it, consume your life with negativity and looking up random things that you probably shouldn't be looking at and just making your day worse than what it really is, then you should know and be, try to become more aware that, Hey, there's an issue here. Like if you just keep wanting to go back towards negative news and negative videos and this, you know, this random bullshit like that, that, you know, you don't really think like, again, like it's what you said earlier, like what is this really doing for you listening to, or this, sad video or about what's going on around the world or is that really helping your day you know and yeah. it's probably a bad example of it but yeah i mean that's just what again you got to break that habit and like you know, it might be easier said than done but yeah uh you gotta know it's just probably not helping you physically and or mentally so yeah if it's not enhancing yeah well enhance your lives crystal let's take it home on that right there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, if people if people want to find you, if you want to plug anything, feel free to do all that. Yeah. So uh, you find me at Crystal Joukowsky on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I have a podcast. It's called Breathe In, Breathe Out, which is a weekly mindfulness and meditation podcast for people ready to 
own their own shit and find a little peace while doing it. And if you're really interested in connecting with your spirit guides, your higher self and like your inner truth, I do have an online course called Intro to You. And if any of your listeners are interested and they really want to dive into that, we are doing 10% off with the code Sheilor Select. Oh. One word. So just a little tidbit. Thank you for saying my last name right too, by the way. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Mine is Jakowski. Everyone gets it wrong. So you know, I've had and I'm not calling out anybody on here, and I'm sure I've butchered some names too, but uh and Maybe maybe I should have cut this right, but whatever. But uh, (laughs) I I never, I guess around here where I live, I thought it was pretty common name and it was pretty easy to pronounce. But you know, I've had people butcher it, but I'm not, I'm not mad about it. It's funny. It's just it made it made it more fun to Uh talk about. So I know it's a conversation moment that you just get to chit chat. I don't, I don't, I don't get offended by it. It's like okay, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, Crystal, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been a delight. Okay, great. Uh, anything else? Anything else you want to say before we uh, take it home? Or are you good? No, just you guys got this. Remember, every one of us is going through something and you are a fantastic human being. So love yourself, give yourself permission to be you as you are, who you are, and just love life a little more and give yourself. Mm. Yeah, you're love. good. All right, people, you heard it. Be good to yourselves. We're out of here. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park